Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. I want to thank you again for joining us uh, at the same time every week. And, and uh, I trust if you're not able to, you're setting your DVR to record the programs. We're in the middle of a series on the seven IMs. Actually, this is the last segment. This will probably be the last program on the seven IMs of Jesus. And we've been teaching this now, I think, for about 28 weeks, something of that nature. And so uh, uh, if you've missed any of them, uh, they are archived for your uh, viewing pleasure on YouTube. You can go back there and watch them uh, on YouTube. You can also go back and get the uh, uh, audio portions. The audio portions are archived on the iTunes page for our podcast. And we have a podcast there with the audio portions of these particular uh, uh, sessions that we're teaching on television. There's also a link there to an RSS feed if you have an Android device and you can go, simply the easiest way to do this, go to my website at lynnhiles.com and uh, there's a link in the upper right hand corner that will take you directly to our YouTube page or to the podcast or to the RSS feed. While you're there you can subscribe to those channels, they are free of charge to you, but in subscribing to them, uh, what happens is when you do that, we let there's an email that's automatically generated lets you know we've uploaded a new program. We do encourage you to share these with your friends. I, I, I'm encouraged to say, you know, share them in your Wednesday night prayer groups, your home groups, your cell groups, your small group gatherings, because it's a good way to just at least get the word going and then you can kind of uh, have discussions about it. We've been in a series on the seven IMs of Jesus. And I want to summarize a little because this will probably be the last segment. But in this series, what we showed you is that John 20 says that these things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ and that believing you would have life through His name. He said that in the first century, and I believe what he was doing is showing us, first of all, to natural Israel that everything you've been looking forward to, I am. And what you thought the I am was, in other words, the contrast I've made in every single one of these is I made a contrast between, for instance, he would say, your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and they're dead, but I am the true bread that came down from heaven, that if a man eats it, he'll live. So you thought that was the bread, but that's not the bread, I'm the bread. We made the distinction uh, in John 10, I am the doer. And what we showed you is that if you climb up some other way into the sheepfold, it's a thief and a robber. And the some other way is through performance Christianity of the law of Moses. And you thought that was the door, but that's not the door. Jesus is the only door. I contrasted and showed you out of Isaiah how you thought the corrupted religious leaders and rulers of the nation of Israel were in fact uh, the true shepherds, but they were only hirelings. And Jesus came on the scene and said, I am the true shepherd. David grabbed that in Psalm 23. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. He's the true shepherd. I am the light of the world. And uh, I mean, all of the stuff that he says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. You search the scriptures, talking about the Old Testament scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, but they are they which testify of me. 
And so he said that you uh, that if you believe them, that's the only way into it. But you thought that was the life. You thought searching those Old Testament scriptures was the life, but they only pointed to me because I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. So he's the life. So the contrast was always in you thought that was it, but that's not it. I am. The last one we dealt with is from John 15, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Now I'm not going to go back and read all of these because we have rehearsed them for three programs. But the whole point that he's making here is that uh, in Isaiah 9 the vine was natural Israel, but what he said was that vine did not produce any fruit at all so that that vineyard was about to be taken from them and given to a nation producing the fruit. And we showed you the parable, how that Jesus talked about that a certain man, householder, had a vineyard and he planted it and hedged it about and digged a wine press in it and built a tower and let it out to husband. Same exact verbiage as Isaiah where he talked about the choice vine, digging a vineyard, planting a tower, uh, and, and having a wine press. And he begins to tell them that what happened in that vineyard was that when the time of fruit came, uh, that, uh, you know, that the time of fruit drew near, he sent his service to the husband that they would receive the fruit of it. And the husbandman said, you know, uh, or he, he, Jesus began to tell him how that when the time of fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandman that they might receive the fruit. But uh, the husbandman took his servants and beat one, killed another, and stoned another one. Last but not least, he said, I'll send my son. Surely they'll receive my son. But when they saw the son of the owner of the vineyard, he said, they said within their hearts, let's kill the owner of the son of the vineyard, and we can receive his inheritance. Surely he thought they'd receive his son, but instead of receiving the son, they killed this owner. They killed the son of the owner of the vineyard. But what he began to say was that that they, when, when he, he says, and when the Lord therefore of the vineyard cometh, what will he do to these wicked husbandmen? Now, how many, we could just see that he's talking about natural Israel and the religious rulers of this day. He had now come on the scene to a vineyard that was not producing fruit. But when they saw that he killed the son of the owner of the vineyard, he said, what do you think that, that the owner of the vineyard is going to do to those wicked husbandmen? Well, verse 41 says this, they, and they say to him, he will miserably destroy those wicked men and will let out his vineyard unto other husbandmen which will render him his fruit in season. Jesus saith unto him, Did you never read how that the stone the builders rejected has now become the head of the corner? Verse 43, he said, I say to you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you, talking to the natural Israel, and given to a nation producing the fruits thereof. And then he goes on to say in verse 45, And when the chief priests and Pharisees had heard this parable, they perceived that he was talking about him, and they sought to lay hands on him and feared the multitude because they took him to be a prophet. They were about to fulfill everything he was just saying. They were about to be the branch that was about to be cut off that John 15 said that I'm the vine, you're the branches, but every branch in me that does not produce fruit will be hewn down and cast into the fire. I mean, he goes on, uh, uh, you know, every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away every branch that bears fruit, he purges it that it might bring forth more fruit. And then he goes on to say, now you are clean through the word that I have spoken unto you, abide in me, and I in you. 
as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can you accept you abide in me. I'm the vine. You thought that was the vine. That's not the vine. I'm the vine. You're the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If any man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. That happened in A.D. 70. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will and it shall be done. Here it is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Now let me just go on over here and I want to take you over here now if I can. I, want to, I really want to get this in this segment. I want to tell you that as we go over here to Romans 11 that we're going to bear in mind what we just read here in John 15. I'm the true vine. All I'm doing is preaching the centrality of Christ for both Jew and Gentile as the only option for salvation is life through His name. That's why He is the I Am. He's the bread, He's the light, He's the door, He's the shepherd, He's the true sheep, He's the way, He's the truth, He's the life. He is the true vine. Now building up to Romans 11, you start out in Romans chapter 1 and 2 where he concludes both Jew and Gentile all under sin so he could have mercy on all. And he tells them that in chapter 2 that he is not a Jew which is one outwardly whose circumcision is in the flesh, but he's a Jew which is one inwardly whose circumcision is out of the heart. And then he comes into chapter 4 of Romans and he declares how that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness so that the new covenant is on the basis of not performance or national ethnic birth, but on the basis of faith in the one Jesus Christ who is the I Am. And so then it comes on down into several of those chapters, but it gets into chapter 10 of the book of Romans, and he talks about Israel had a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. And instead of receiving the righteousness of God, they went about to establish their own righteousness. But Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. As he comes to the end of chapter 10, he said, Well, did Isaiah say, All day long I have held out my hands to a, 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 a rebellious people. And he says to them, uh, Isaiah prophesied, Lord, who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? He said, I'm about to be found of them who sought me not. I'm about to be uh, found of them who look not for me. Talking about the inclusion of the Gentiles. And then he talks about how blindness in part happened to them, but that God was not going to reject them, that there was an election that came by grace through faith into this connection to the true vine, which is Jesus Christ, who is and always was in the heart of God, the true Israel of God, the true seed of Abraham, the true one that we believe in. He said to them, actually, in the Gospels, if Abraham was your father, you would believe me. Now I want to begin in chapter 11 because that's the setup for all that. But 11 of Romans says, I say then, has God cast away His people? God forbid. For I also am an Israelite, the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not cast away His people, which He foreknew. What Know ye not what the Scriptures say Elias, how He maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed Thy prophets, and dig down Thine altars. 
and I am left alone, and they seek my life. But what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved unto myself seven thousand men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Even so then, at the present time also, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, then it is no more of works, otherwise grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace, otherwise work is no more work. What then? Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election has obtained it, and the rest were blinded. The election, uh, you know, even when he talked in the, uh, in, in the Gospels, he, he says to, to them, uh, that the the elect would be full, the very elect would be fooled if it were possible. He's not talking about some future generation. He was talking about the elect Jews in the first century that he had reserved, who had not bowed its knee to Baal, if you will, or had not succumbed to fallen after all of the stuff that Israel was about to fall in captive to, and their whoredoms and their adulteries and all of their mingling of their false gods and worship. There was a people who came to Jesus. Jesus as a first fruit out of the nation of Israel. So he's saying to them that a lot of them did not receive it, and they were blinded, but the election obtained it, and the rest were blinded. So there's a first fruit that came out of it. God brought some out of that group, including the Apostle Paul, who was at one time a Pharisee of the Pharisees until he was knocked to the ground and got a revelation of grace. According as it is written, God has given them a spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, ears that they should not hear unto this day. And David saith, Let their table be made a snare, and a trap, and a stumbling block, and a recompense unto them. Let their eyes be darkened, that they may not see, and bow down their back alway. I say then, have they stumbled that they should, not fall, or that they should fall? God forbid, but rather through their fall, Salvation is come unto the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. Now if the fall of them be the riches of the world, and the diminishing of them the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? For I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am an apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify mine office. If by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh, and might save some of them. Are you seeing where I'm coming from? He's trying to say, I want to provoke them because I want as many of them to be saved as well. But they have to get saved the same way you did, and that's through faith in His name. For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy, and if the root be holy, so are also are the branches. But I want to tell you that first of all, He's the root, we're the branches, so if we get connected to Him, then He's the first fruit. He's the first fruit of them who slept, and he re the reality of it is, is that if the first fruit is holy, everything that's connected to Him is holy. And if some of the branches which were broken off, remember what He said in John 15? Every branch in me that doesn't bring forth good fruit is going to be hewn down, cast in the fire. And if some of the branches were broken off, and thou being a wild olive tree were grafted in among them, and with them partakest of the root and the fatness of the olive tree, boast not against the branches. In other words, don't Gentiles, don't get arrogant about the fact that you've been brought in and they're cast out. Boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root but the root thee. 
Thou wilt say then, the branches were broken off, that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief they were broken off, and thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed lest also he spare not thee. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fell severity toward thee, which fell severity, but toward thee goodness, if you continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shall be cut off. And they also, now he's talking about the Jews, and they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. But they have to come the same way through faith. For if thou wert cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. And so all Israel shall be saved, as it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant to them, when I shall take away their sin. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sake, but as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sake. For the gifts and calls of God are without repentance. It's irrevocable. So what he's saying again is, listen, if they want to believe, they can be brought back in. They can be grafted back in. And if they would uh, simply receive, they could also be brought back in because the gift and call of God is irrevocable. In other words, it is to whosoever will. But still what he's saying here is it still has to be by faith so that the real Israel of God, first of all, the root goes clear back to Abraham, and then you see the loins of Abraham and the seed of Abraham being brought clear through uh, the ethnic background of the people, finally ending up with Jesus, who is the true root and offspring of David. And when we're connected to Him, we will produce fruit, and we will be connected to the vine, the true vine, that produces the fruit. And he's saying, you're not excluded. If you're Jewish out there and you're listening to me, you are welcome in the covenants of promise. You must simply believe in your Messiah, receive in your heart, and you will be saved. Don't harden your heart like they did in the provocation, but simply receive the fact that He is the Christ. That's what this whole thing was about, is so that, that, that believing, you might have life in His name. He goes on to say, uh, for I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel, to the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. And so all Israel shall be saved. Now, if we're talking about all Israel being saved, the only way we could talk about salvation is the Israel of God that's in Jesus, who is the true Israel of God, because He just clearly said to you that it's by faith, and if you're outside of faith, and you're outside of being connected to the branch, then you're not Israel, and you're not saved. But salvation is given only under one name, and His name is Jesus. And so all Israel will be saved, and it is written, there shall come out of Zion, the deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob, for this is my covenant to them, when I shall take away their sin. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sake, but as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sake. The gifts and calls of God are irrevocable, for in time past, have, uh, for you in times past have not believed God, yet now have obtained mercy through their unbelief. 
Even so have these also now not believed that through your mercy they might obtain that they may obtain mercy. For God has concluded them all in unbelief, that He might have mercy on all, that He might conclude all under sin, so He can have mercy on all, both Jew, Gentile, bond and free. Read Romans 1, 2, and 3. That's the whole purpose of that, is He indicts everything and everybody, insiders and outsiders, and tells them the only way in is through the Savior and through faith in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are His judgment and His ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or been His counselor? Or who hath given to Him, and it shall be recompensed unto Him again? For of Him, and through Him, and to Him are all things, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now I want to read one other thing to you from Galatians, I believe it is the fourth chapter and I'm going to read this to you from the Amplified Bible because it makes it just, I think, abundantly clear, uh, you know, exactly what he's saying concerning some of these things. Let me see. Uh, uh, Verse number 21, this is Galatians 4, this is the Amplified Bible. Tell me, you who are bent on being under the law, will you listen to what the law really says? For it is written that Abraham had two sons one by the bondmaid and one by the free woman. But whereas the child of the slave woman was born according to the flesh and had an ordinary birth, the son of the free woman was born in fulfillment of the promise. Now all of this is an allegory. These two women represent two covenants. Sarah and Hagar Hagar represent two covenants. Now all this is an allegory. These two women represent two covenants. One covenant originated from Mount Sinai, where the law was given, and bears children destined for slavery. This is Hagar. Now Hagar is, and stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia, and she corresponds to, and belongs in the same category with the present Jerusalem, for she is in bondage together with her children. Here's the Apostle Paul saying, the Jerusalem that was in that first century is Mount Sinai. It is under the law, and it is Hagar, and it is destined for bondage. And she is in bondage together with her children to this day. Verse 20, 26 says, but the, but the Jerusalem above, the Messianic kingdom of Christ, the one we're a part of, is free, and she is our mother. Because see, we didn't come by natural birth or natural descent or natural genealogy like natural Israel did or like, like, like Ishmael did. We came by virtue of a supernatural birth in Christ Jesus, who is the true Israel of God. For it is written, for, but let me go back and read this, but the Jerusalem above, the messianic kingdom of Christ is free and she is our mother. For it is written in the scriptures, rejoice, O barren woman, who has not given birth to children. Break forth into a joyful shout, you who are not feeling birth pains. For the desolate woman has many more children than she who has a husband. But we, brethren, and this is talk, this is powerful to me, but we, brethren, are children, not by physical descent as was Ishmael, but like Isaac, born in virtue of the promise. Do you see it? both Jew and Gentile, who are born again by supernatural birth, they're the children of the promise. Yet just as at that time, the child of ordinary birth, or if you will, Ishmael, or the natural Israel, now he's talking about, born according to the flesh, 
Just as at that time the child of ordinary birth, born according to the flesh, despised and persecuted him who was born remarkably according to the promise and the working of the Holy Spirit, so it is now also. In other words, Ishmael persecuted Isaac, and now the Jerusalem and the natural seed of Abraham is persecuting these believers in Jesus Christ and persecuting Jesus, they're persecuting the Isaac that really was the child of promise, which includes us. He said, just like they did it then, that's what's happening now. But next verse says, but what does the Scripture say? Cast out and send away the slave woman and her son. This is not my opinion, it's what your Bible says. For never, 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 I'm going to say it again. For never shall the son of the slain woman, slave woman be heir and share the inheritance with the son of the free woman. In other words, the natural genealogy is not going to get the inheritance through natural genealogy. It's going to be through supernatural birth. And he tells them, what's the Scripture say? Cast out and send away the slave woman and her son. Never shall the son of the slave woman be heir and share the inheritance with the son of the free woman. So, brethren, we who are born again are not children of the slave woman, the natural, but of the free, the supernatural. We came by supernatural birth. We are connected to the vine. If you're not connected to the vine, you don't have any life in you. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I trust that this series has blessed you. The only way to produce fruit is to be connected to the vine. I hope that these things that I have shared with you help you to believe that Jesus is in fact the Christ and that believing you would have life through His name. He's the light of the world. He's the true bread that came down from heaven. He's the door. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the good shepherd. He's the door. He's the true vine. He's the only access. If that makes you mad, I, I, I would apologize, but I could only preach. There's only one name given under heaven, whereby men must be saved, and that's at the name of Jesus. The only way all Israel can be saved is when we come and yield ourselves to the one true vine and get connected by faith to the one who bled and died to bring us into a new covenant and into a new inheritance. Don't forfeit your inheritance and give it away because you don't know who you are. The Jew is you and the Israel of God is the people of God that are in Christ because in Christ all of God's promises are yes and amen. Well we've concluded this series. I trust you've been blessed. If you would like to get behind what we're doing, become a partner with our ministry, we welcome that and we need you. Uh, you can do it by simply going to our website. It's the very easiest way to do it. And you can give via credit card or debit card. You can even set up a monthly recurring debt if you would like to, that you can give monthly. You can call the number on the screen. You can sow a seed. That way someone will take your credit card over the phone. You can also send a check or a money order through the mail to the address that will come up on the screen. And uh, when you do that, just let us know uh, that you are enjoying what we're saying and you want to get behind it. We do deeply need your help and appreciate you. Come see us. Look on my website. My itinerary is there. We preach all over the world. I'm coming to a city near you. Come and meet me somewhere, and uh, I'd love to meet you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us again this week on the program. Until we meet again, God bless.
The word repentance means to change your mind. The message of John the Baptist and of Jesus was to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is accessed by a change in our thinking. If you are in outer darkness, there is weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. That reality is not always out in the distant future. It is in people's lives right now. One simple mind shift can move you out of darkness and weeping and into light and rejoicing. God wants to wipe all tears from our eyes and replace our weeping with joy.